Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Wow, praise and worship is so powerful and something that God's given us in order for us to be able to, to rise above our present circumstance, in order for us to, to resist the temptations that try to come against us and to just counter the adversities of life. And so we're so blessed to be able to do this song today. I like this because the lyrics are simple. They're easy to remember. It's something that we can take with us literally when we're fighting our battles. It's just, this is how we fight our battles. When, when I feel like I'm surrounded, I realize that I'm surrounded by you, not my enemy. And so it's important for us to have these kind of songs in our heart because in the, in the day of trouble, in the day of battle, it's what's in your heart that's going to come up, either doubt and unbelief or faith and praise and worship and just declaring who God is and what his promises have said to us. So we're taking this time in this series to talk about faith, but we're using these songs that inspire us to faith. So uh, if you were with us last weekend uh, online, we talked about faith, faith to empower us in this, in this season of uncertainty that we find ourselves in. And you might remember for many years now, we've been learning that faith is the force that God has placed inside man in order to overcome the adversities of life. First John chapter 5, verse 4 states very clearly and emphatically, but whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Faith is the ability to see a provision from God that exists only in the spirit realm, invisible to the human eye, but very visible to the eyes of our spirit, our born-again spirit man. And we found out last week as we, as we studied the subject of faith that God expects his people to possess faith, to possess faith, in other words, to obtain faith, to develop faith, to nurture that faith. And the reason I, he expects his people to possess faith is, is very practical, because every blessing and provision from God is stored up for us in the realm of the Spirit. And in the realm of the Spirit, those promises, that provision, that blessing, your answer to prayer, must be accessed by faith. So uh, uh, in case you've been too busy to notice, we're in a battle. And we're in a battle just about every day of our lives. It's a battle between two kingdoms. One kingdom is determined to rob, kill, and destroy. The other kingdom brings righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Both kingdoms exist in the realm of the unseen, in the spirit realm. However, the effects of both kingdoms are very much felt here on earth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 states, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks, we would say today, of the devil. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The word tells us that we're in an invisible wrestling match. We are told that that fight is not with people, it's not with human beings, but with an unseen enemy that is sworn to our destruction. But the fight is fixed. That's the good news. Because no matter what happens, we win. And because we win, it's called the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life 
to which you also are called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It's a good fight, it's called. We're told to lay hold of eternal life. Paul is not saying that we're to fight to receive salvation. Paul is saying that once you receive salvation, once we are saved, we are to reach by faith into the realm of the Spirit and by faith take hold of that which was reserved in heaven and bring it to earth by faith. And that's a fight. And it's a fight because we have an enemy that will do whatever he can to block our blessings, to block the answers to our prayer, to literally set us up, to, set, to sabotage our own answers to prayer. The song says, this is how I fight my battles. In the Bible, we see many ways to fight battles. Every one of them is supernatural. And one of those ways is through the power of praise and worship. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it starts out telling us the background of a very significant battle that's going to take place. Verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the king of Judah. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and there in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. Have you ever gotten bad news? Have you ever, so, and, and it's factual. It's not made up. It's not exaggerated. It's a fact. You've got an enemy that's coming against you. And just like us, Jehoshaphat feared. When we're not careful, when we're not built up, when our spirit is not strong, when we're not, we're not close in contact with the Holy Spirit, who Jesus promised would show us things to come, sometimes things can come out of left field and they can cause fear to set in our hearts. When we recognize that fear, we've got to cast it out immediately. We've got to take authority over it immediately. We've got to resist it. And so we believe that Jehoshaphat did because look at the next statement here. It says, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That was the best thing he could do. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So this massive multitude of people now is coming because they recognize we've got a battle on our hands. We've got to turn to the Lord. Jehoshaphat gathers all the people together at the temple in Jerusalem. He prays a prayer to God, reminding God of his promises he made to his people to protect them from their enemies. As they are praying and worshiping God, something supernatural happens. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Aphat. So he's part of the priesthood. In the midst of the assembly, as, as everybody's worshiping God, as everybody's praying, as everybody's focused on God, their hearts connected to God, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon this individual, Jehaziel. And he says, he delivers a message from God Almighty. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them, for the Lord is with you. Two times that prophet speaks 
the heart of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Dismayed means to fall to pieces. He said, don't do that. Because, why? Because God is with you. The Lord is with you. So as the people prayed, as they kept themselves in that atmosphere, in that environment of worship, and that environment of dependence on God, not looking to figure this out for themselves, God answers a prayer and speaks through a prophet, and he gave instructions on how to proceed with this battle. Verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord. Here it is, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Kohathites stood up, look at this, to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. The enemy's on the way, but they made the decision, we're going to worship, we're going to praise God. Verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So it's amazing how Jehoshaphat now, who experienced fear originally, has now aligned himself with the message that came from God through this prophet. And now he's leading his people. He's not in the background someplace. He's not hiding inside the temple or inside his palace. He is front and center leading his people. Verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing. Here's the key. Who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's when the miracle started to take place. We're expected to praise God on the way to the battle. Not waiting until we see the victory, but in anticipation of the victory. So here's this, this mighty multitude of people. Yeah, the army's there, but they're told, just show up. You're not going to have to fight. Just show up. I mean, what are they singing on the way to the battlefield? Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. He told them, God told them, all you need to do is show up. Sometimes just all you and I need to do is show up, be present, not trying to hide, not trying to distract ourselves because the battle is so fierce, not trying to, to fill our soul with all kinds of stuff because we don't want to face the fact that we're under attack, we have an adversary, uh, we're, we're challenged. Sometimes we want to run, we want to hide, we want to just go to sleep, we want to just get someplace where we don't have to face the fact that we're under attack. But God says, no, just show up. You continue to worship me, you continue to praise me, and I'll do the rest. And in a very real way, their weapon was their melody. When it looks like we're surrounded by the enemy, the realization is that we're surrounded by God against the enemy. Now, no matter how bad things look, we declare the victory while we're on the way to the battlefield. And, and let's be real, open, and transparent with each other. It takes faith to worship when you haven't seen the outcome yet. But that's when God honors our faith the most. Even when we have not yet seen the outcome, there's just something about what that does, that does to our relationship between us and God. And just God just shows up on the scene. And that's exactly what happened here. Verse 22. 
Now, when they began to sing and to praise, look at this. When they began to sing and to praise, as soon as they opened their mouths, as soon as they began to declare, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. As soon as they began, they just, they made that their song. That became their weapon of warfare. And it says, as soon as they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. What happened here? They all turned on each other. Those that had been united as enemies against Judah, against King Jehoshaphat and his people, all of a sudden they began to worship God. They began to praise God. And everything turns against their enemies. They turn on each other and they destroy each other. Verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there, there were there dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they had stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, and they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Man, when, when we learn to trust God, when we can sing on the way to the battle, the enemy would love to shut our mouths through fear, but by faith, you and I must speak. You and I must worship God. You and I, we've got to celebrate. We've got to shout the victory. We have got to just declare the praises of God as if it's already done. Why? Because that is the voice of faith. That is the song of faith. That is the worship of faith. And that worship frustrates the enemy. When circumstances are shouting really loud in your face, we worship and we praise God even louder. He does not know what to do. Our enemy does not know what to do with the people who will worship God in the face of adversity, in the face of the worst circumstances they can ever face. In the darkest of times, you and I must rally ourselves in faith and by faith, open our mouth and begin to declare the goodness of God. Begin to declare the end from the beginning, knowing that God is going to rescue us, knowing that God is going to fight the battle for us. And the result of that, for three days, they gathered up all the spoil. For three days, they gathered, listen to this closely. For three days, they gathered up the reward for their faith. There, don't ever let the devil convince you otherwise. There is always a reward for those who live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is, look at this, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Judah, all the people of Judah, all the people of Jerusalem, King Jehoshaphat, they all gathered themselves to diligently seek the face of God. Yes, their knees might have been knocking together. Yes, they might have been preoccupied in their minds by what's going to happen to my children if the enemy comes and breaches the walls of Jerusalem. But by faith, they diligently sought the face of God. You and I must always remember that once victory is complete, we've got to give thanks and worship to God from our hearts. How disrespectful it is when God, when God does something, when he, when he comes through for us, when we receive the manifestation of a promise, how disrespectful is it for us to not say thank you, to not express our gratitude? In Luke chapter 17, Jesus had a, had, had a a situation just like that. Verse 12, 
As he, Jesus, was going to a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And look at this. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. So they displayed their faith in going. As soon as he said, go show yourself to the priest, they understood what that meant because they were obligated. Tells us back in the Old Testament that if a leper is cleansed, they need to go show themselves to the priest so that the priest could declare them completely cured, completely cleansed, completely healed. So for them to take the steps to walk away from Jesus, when he said that to them, they displayed their faith. And it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, which is an act of worship, and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where were the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? We've, all, we've got to remind ourselves continuously that once the battle is won, once the, the promise has manifested, once the provision has showed up, we must give thanks to God. We must worship God with the gratitude that's in our hearts. So let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Again, verse 27, talking about Jehoshaphat, talking about the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front of them, to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem, look at this now, with stringed instruments, with harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. What did they do? They came back and they had a big worship service. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Man, there's something about when we, when we get the victory, when we worship God, when we give thanksgiving to God, it affects things in our atmosphere. It affects the environment. It affects our perspective on life. Paul and Silas found themselves in a similar situation in Acts chapter 16. They applied the same principle that Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah had demonstrated back in the Old Testament. And once again, they saw supernatural results just like Jehoshaphat. They had been preaching the gospel in, in a city called Philippi. They were arrested for casting out the devil from a slave girl who had, by the power of this demon, was able to tell fortunes. And so her masters were making a ton of money until Paul and Silas prayed for this young girl, cast that devil out of her, and she lost the ability to be able to tell fortunes, and they, in turn, lost their income. Acts 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Key word here is inner prison. This inner prison, we would refer to as a dungeon. But in the Roman world, the inner prison, the dungeon, is the lowest, most filthy part of the prison. It's usually many floors underground where all the filth and all the waste of all the other prisoners collected. 
So it's a dark, it's a foul-smelling place. And they're down there with their backs ripped open and their feet in socks. God moves supernaturally when we can muster up the faith it takes to praise him in spite of the worst circumstances. Because verse 25 tells us this about Paul and Silas. But at midnight, the darkest time, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. That does not happen in a natural earthquake. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And the reason he was about to kill himself is because in the Roman world, a person who has, who has responsibility over prison, if a prisoner escapes, it's their life for the prisoner's life. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Imagine what a witness that was to this, to this guard, to this prison keeper. Imagine what a witness it was that these people who could have escaped, who could have just walked out of that place, knowing that it would have cost him this man's life, stayed. That witness to this man and that impacted him, I think, just as much as the supernatural earthquake that he had just witnessed. Then he, the guard, called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Man, when God delivers us, it affects everyone around us. When they see that we're still able to smile, when they see that we're still able to give thanks to God, even in the middle of the darkest times of life, it impacts the heart of the lost. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we overcome. So the next time you find yourself surrounded by adversity, the next time you feel like all hell has broken out against you, open your mouth, begin to praise God with all of your might. This is how we fight our battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will take hold of these principles. I pray that I've been able to inspire you here. And I pray that the next time you find yourself in a situation where you're faced with adversity, when it feels like you're surrounded by darkness, understand and recognize that you are surrounded by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't let the devil convince you otherwise. And you, no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on, no matter what physical pain you might be experiencing, no matter what emotional heartbreak you might be trying to plow through, open your mouth and begin to worship God. Put the praises of God first and watch him come to your rescue. Watch the power of the Holy Spirit rise up in you. Watch your adversity melt away. Watch your enemies turn on each other, even as they did in the day of Jehoshaphat. I pray that you'll take hold of these principles and make them part of your everyday life. This is how we fight our battles. I trust that this has blessed you. I trust that it's inspired you. And I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.